Welcome everybody to another episode of the podcast, the Financial Freedom Chive Show. In this episode, we have a guest all the way from the UK. Um, Gareth Dane is an SEO expert, so, and I'll have I'll leave him the floor to uh, introduce himself. Go ahead, Gareth, and welcome to the show. Hey. Yeah, thank you. Hey, Hassan. Thank you very much. Glad to be on the show. Thank you for inviting me. It's my very first podcast, in fact. Um, so it's really exciting, actually. So let's see how it goes. Let's hope we don't crash and burn, eh? <laughs> <laughs> now, SEO expert, I'm not sure I would say that because those in the know don't like to call themselves experts. Exactly. And, those who, and those who do tend to get a hard time so i'm not sure i'd say that but i do work in seo yeah definitely <laughs> but i actually started out as a programmer so back in well actually 10 years old i sort of started programming on the amstrad throwing lines of code from the back of the manual uh learning bits and bobs there and then 16 17 i really got into it and started to do web development and then obviously progressed into being a software engineer but I've been doing marketing, content marketing, SEO, etc., for coming up to about 13 years now. So that is my main passion. As much as I love programming, SEO and marketing, particularly growth marketing, are certainly my main passions in life at the moment, without a shadow of a doubt. And I sort of work internationally with clients uh, all over the world, but primarily in the United States. So, yeah, lots and lots of client work. I've had an agency before previously, um, but I am more sort of solo freelance now. I do work with several VAs and content writers and bits and bobs like that, but generally, yeah, it's freelance. That's good, yeah. Uh, keeps, you, keeps you busy. I mean, especially when you have systems in place, it kind of helps. Yeah, you've got to have those systems in place most definitely without a shadow of a doubt. Our next question, or pretty much in the same uh, you know, realm, is... Can you take us to your origin story? How did you get started in this business? Well, as I say, I started when I was about 10 years old programming on the computer. It was more so, sort of a hobby initially to start with. And I wanted to be a games designer, believe it or not. And that's what I sort of delved into, games design and, and programming, started learning Pascal and Basic and things like that. Got an Amstrad, started learning Amos Professional. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of that before on the show, but it was uh, a language on the Amiga specifically designed for creating games. And I sort of then fell out of programming for a little short while till I was about 16, 17 when I started doing work experience. And work experience in the UK is where, I don't know if you guys have it there or in the States or, or, or anywhere else, but it's basically when you're choosing the specific options in school that you want to do like it or whatever you go and do some work experience and i ended up in a university in their it department and that's where i was first introduced to the internet so they had a computer there that had windows 3.1 on and um that's really where i got started with the internet and the guy who was the head of the department back then he came in and said, look, you really need to get into this and pass me this huge manual. It was almost like the original copy of the Bible. It was really, really thick, and it was a manual on HTML. 
and obviously I went away and I learned HTML and then I fell in love with it then. And then I started doing little client projects for people, £200 a pop for websites, etc. And it sort of took off from there. And then it was about 2007, I think, um, my friend John, who was into property development, approached me and asked me if I knew anything about SEO. And I knew the sort of basics. I knew what it was. But I didn't really know a hell of a lot about it. And we embarked on this journey and discovered this program online. I don't know if you've ever heard of it before. It was called a 30-day challenge. And it was run by a guy called Ed Dale and another guy from Manchester called Dan Rain. I've never heard of it before, no. No, but that's where I, I mean, I know I've mentioned this before. And I know Matt Diggity has, that's where he got his start as well in SEO and market was through the 30-day challenge. And it was basically this, it was actually quite ingenious when you when I look back on it. So each day, these guys would release training modules that took you from zero to earning your first dollar online over 30 days. And each module, they would have a tool or a website or something that you would need to sign up to, but it was an affiliate link. So each day they'd have an affiliate link all the way through until they got to the 30 days when they reveal the big aha moment and it was market samurai which was about like four hundred dollars or five hundred dollars back then yeah, and that market samurai, yeah. yeah and that was their big affiliate commission right at the end so it was quite ingenious actually what they actually did um but that got me hooked into market but i, I sort of pretty much realized from that experience and I'm, I'm, I'm running a few sites like one was like a large size clothing site for women um that this sort of IM game, this which is more sort of like the Warrior Plus and JV Zoo type thing, was mostly full of scam artists just trying to sort of <laughs> launch every other week with some newfangled make you a million in, in 24 hours type info product and um, scam your money basically. So I sort of veered off from that and went into SEO sort of head first. And then it's since sort of about that time, 2007, 2008, I've been doing it. So coming up to almost 13 years now. Oh, that's great, yeah. I mean, I, I do remember working a little bit, I mean, kind of spending a few months on places like JVZoo and Warrior Plus and all those websites. I mean, as, a, as an affiliate, as a promoter, I guess it's good in a way because it's sort of easy money. But if mm. you're just a, one, a, you know, a customer, every day every few days you'd buy something for like a few dollars and in a lot of ways it just ends up as digital dust you know you never even end yeah. yeah yeah most definitely and that you'll find that across the whole the, the whole market in in, in internet marketing in the im space in the jvz warrior plus time space it's just gathering dust on the hard drive lots of shiny object syndrome um going on there really and it's, it's sad really because it's got to the point now where the the, the people who are hawking this stuff, um, well, a, a, a large majority of them are getting to the point where they're lo almost launching every week. And obviously, you're not coming up with brand new ideas or amazing tools or, you know, something that's going to make you a lot of money every week. It's just not going to happen. So they're, they're reselling the same old rehashed stuff again and again and again and these people keep buying it so there's a market there certainly because if the market wasn't there they wouldn't keep selling it but don't get me wrong there's lots of good guys there as well in the im space and i know quite a few of them I've actually over the last year year to 15 months sort of got back in 
to that arena, that I am space. Mm-hmm. But my, it's good that I fell in with a with a specific crowd there, like Andy Brocklehurst, Chris Hitman, people like that, because they're sort of ethical marketers in that space, and they don't push rubbish, and they're all product vendors. So my thing is i will promote products and i have been promoting products for the last you know good few months and i've you know hit leaderboards and i've been like top affiliate on some high ticket stuff but i will only promote things that i feel are truly valuable and of high quality Mm -hmm. because otherwise it's going to affect my reputation that's true i mean i was part of the that crew i'd say between 2014 and 2015 and i created courses and sold them and uh we sold a, we've done a few launches, a few courses, and then we ended up with two uh, two uh, software pieces that they mm. did okay uh, back then. Uh, the thing is with the courses, I mean, I worked on them for for a while. You know, you sit down and hunker down on your computer and record videos and teach things very specifically. And you know how you know how video video making and video courses, you know, work. It takes a lot yeah, of work. It does. Yeah, and 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 you feel you know pride in what you make, and when you sell, well, you should you should do at least exactly. (laughs) I'm sure there's a there's many of them out there who don't. You just pump this stuff out, but you did it the right way. You're a product vendor, so a lot of these people who get into this space are affiliate marketers in terms of their promoters, or they want they want to be. A lot of them don't go into product creation or creating their own courses or their own info products or their own software or whatever it may be. And it's a constant battle for these people to continually find things to promote to make any money. And that's where the problems arise because obviously good stuff, good high quality stuff isn't going to be coming out every week. So you find these people build these lists. uh, They have all the great intentions in the world, but then when the money's short, they'll just end up promoting anything. And this is the problem in the in the space and the fact that it's not regulated to any degree. Exactly, exactly. It does actually end up being really, really um, just garbage thrown out, thrown around. Yeah, but, most definitely. Exactly. I mean, don't get me wrong, there is good people there and there's good vendors. Yeah, um, exactly. But, you know, the, the, the few far between. <laughs> All right, so talking about SEO, uh, and since you've... You, you have a lot of experience. I mean, as I do myself, I've, I've been doing SEO since 2008. Um, and like anyone who mentions SEO would remember that I'd say the dark years of 2011, 2012, and all the all the all the Google updates. You know, where a yeah, lot of people kind of fell off the the map of like working on niche websites. That do you, do you want to tell us a little bit more about those years? And did you give up? Did you try to give up? Did you rethink your whole strategy, your whole business model back then? Well, I've had many breaks throughout the process, most definitely. I've never given up, ever, because I love it so much. And I just love marketing and I love the testing aspect of it and the learning of new things. That's probably one of the most the most fun and exciting things about the SEO space or the marketing space in general is the constant learning you're doing. And I love the fact that the search engines change all the time. I actually really love it because there's always new stuff to, to learn. There's always new stuff to test and doing those experiments and seeing the results, measuring, getting the data and then redoing it again and again and again. I love all of that. You know, it's, um, it's, it's bound to happen. Google wants to show users the best results for 
their search terms based on the intent, the intent they're trying to, uh, they're, they're giving Google. So obviously they're going to keep on changing their algorithms constantly to weed out the, the, the more crappy tactics that are spamming the search engines with poor results. And I, and I, I just love it. But in terms of, um, going and rethinking things and changing the model, as I say, I've never up until this point been or delved too deeply into or stuck with building my own sort of niche sites. I sort of, I have built sites many times before, but my focus has primarily pretty much always been on client work. And I've been lucky because obviously I started in software development and uh, web development. So I had a client base there that I could obviously then sell my other passion to, which was marketing and SEO. So it allowed me to cut my teeth on real sites, which is not necessarily something I would recommend to people because obviously these are client sites, so you've got to be careful. But in my learning days, certainly I was um, I was certainly testing on live production sites. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, for for like I'd say, in contrast to my to my experience, I've done it like this with a simple, very very simple manner. I would I started learning just from the. If you remember the SEO book days, uh, yeah, there was this. I do. Aaron, Aaron Wall. Aaron Wall, yes, yes. So I bought the book. I was I was in the US back then. I learned. I learned. I, I bought a lot of books, basic SEO books from Amazon back then. Uh, yeah. You know, read read up a lot. Uh, learned as much as I wanted, and then I I didn't want to do SEO like uh, client work. That's because I was leaving the US. I was going back to to Morocco, so mm. things you know would have. Like back then, there was no really not that many like uh, agencies or, or freelancers working with clients in locally. So I decided to just start building my own websites, and I went hard on the niche made for AdSense craze. So yep. we've done that, <laughs> and we've we've done it in a, in, a, in a crazy manner as well. And you know, a lot of our websites got hit because they were you know. The, the usual stuff, thing content, um, like yeah, made up, you know, made up links, the web 2.0 stuff. I didn't yeah, use I software. Mean, I mean, I wasn't crazy to use those bookmarkers and whatnot. Uh, we did, we did stuff manually. We always kind of thought that we could always do it better. But after 20, 2011, that's when I started focusing on on real, you know, brands, real websites, you know, delivering value. We started thinking more about the user. And the in the user experience, and that's when things kind of started taking off a little bit. Uh, you know, when we didn't, we stopped thinking about money and the checks coming in from Google, and you know, started <laughs> thinking about how we can serve these these people who visit our websites and kind of like make help them out. So and th- and that's kind of it was a, a, a blessing in disguise, as they say. So it did oh yeah, th- yeah, most definitely, and it's the way to do it. And you you did it the right way, really. And it's the way I would evangelize people to do it. You know, certainly now with the more experience I've got, don't go ahead and start this when you're learning. Start doing SEO on live client sites because you don't know what you're doing. And, you know, these are people, real people's businesses and they have families to feed and employees to pay. It's, it's So doing that the way I did it back then is not the way to do it. And certainly go ahead and start doing your own sites and, and learning from that experience, most definitely. All right, so that brings us to our next question, which is, what are you most proud of 
about your work? What's the one thing that excites you and makes you want to talk about it to anyone you meet? Right. Results. Results, isn't it, for, for my clients. That's both what I'm proud of and what excites me, really. You know, when you run a campaign and you put your blood and your sweat and your tears into it, and then those results start to come in, that's exciting. That's why I do it. Similarly, the same thing with programming. The actual sitting there and typing out the code can be laborious and boring and it can be really hard work sometimes and taxing and frustrating and annoying, <laughs> especially when you've got problems to solve. And it's the same in marketing, but it's when you see that finished product or when you see those results come in, that's what is makes you proud and what excites you day by day. And um, I suppose on top of that, I'm most proud, at least over the last 18 months or so, of my personal brand development and something I'm big on building brands, getting yourself out there, getting known. And I've gone from sort of like a relatively unknown in the industry, even though I've been doing it quite a while, to someone who's fairly well known and, and respected in the marketing industry. I mean, I'm no Brian Dean or Neil Patel. I mean, let's not mention Neil Patel, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm no I'm no Brian Dean. I'm not I'm no guru, but I'm I'm fairly well respected, fairly well known. I, I'm an admin of some of the biggest groups on SEO. A lot of people know me and I and I go to lots of events and meetups and stuff and you know, I'm pretty proud of what I've developed in that time, in that short period of, you know, 18 months. And it also goes to show you what you can achieve if you're consistent and you put your mind to things as well. So that really excites me. But something that really excites me even more right now is getting deep into these niche sites, these authority sites, and growing them into real viable business assets. So that's something I'm super excited about at the minute. And I think it's going to be extremely rewarding whether I hit my goals or not. So the journey's going to be telling, I think. Yes, yeah. You're 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 t talking to me, and I'm one, and I'm pretty much just like you because I've, I've 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 started a lot of authority websites, a lot of niche websites over the years, and I know the feeling. You know, the feeling of working maybe for a year or six months, and then when you start, and I've come become a little bit addicted to 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 analytics, which is kind of bad, you know. Google Analytics, you know, I just go in and keep checking, and it just gives you a high. A yeah, it's high, as they call it. yeah. But then you go in and you find, you know, the number is going up, and you see, yeah, yeah, it's it's just it's just very just exciting. just don't just don't sit there all day press and refresh every minute. <laughs> no, I, I learned I learned how to curb that curb that you know that habit because it it used to be pretty much just like that you know just sitting in refreshing especially on the phone we've all been there we've all been there mate we've all been there but while you while while you're sitting there refreshing someone else is actually getting work done and and, and making money exactly yeah <laughs> over the years you know we've learned and now i check it like once a week which is, which is amazing i don't even care yeah. <laughs> now i mean to get me wrong i love analytics and i love data so so important we've got these two schools of thought at the minute um, and they seem to be, when you listen to the two different perspectives, they seem almost to be diametrically opposed. You've got the school of thought of, you know, this human marketing, human to human marketing, this personal thing, there's no like and trust factor. And again, you've got the, the guys who are the growth marketers, the growth hackers. It's all about data running experiments, getting the feedback loop, and then continuing with those experiments. See what works, what doesn't work, dump it, continue, and just keep doing that. 
But I'm of the perspective that they're not mutually exclusive. You know, you can have both. So base your decisions from your marketing experiments on the data, but also when you present that to the world, make sure it's human and, and get some sort of connection there with people and make sure it's genuine and valuable at the same time. But yeah, it's um, it's an interesting time. It's true. It's true. I mean, you can't. It has to be a little bit of both. I mean, you can't just go straight data, data because data is not like always indicative of what what might happen. It could not tell you what's going to happen next year. Yeah, correct. Exactly. So you kind of have to keep a keep a you know, human perspective in it, as you said. Yeah, most definitely. But I don't know if you've seen this yourself because I follow a lot of people who were probably considered influencers i'm sure as i'm sure you do i think i've seen one of your uh, some video you shared yesterday uh of some uh some yeah 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 Uh, uh, mark schaefer yeah 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 but it's i mean i mean whether that's that's his belief or not you can i can never really tell but i i think both can go hand in hand and should go hand in hand exactly all right so uh the next question is a little bit of a fun question. So let's say you have a magic wand and you wave it, takes you back to day one. What will you do knowing what you know now and, and that you're just studying over, but with the same knowledge that you have today? <laughs> so the million, million dollar question, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, have you got one? If you have, please send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to use it. So yeah, if I had a magic wand and... I could go back knowing what I know now. I would not get into client work as fast as I did. In fact, I probably wouldn't get into it at all. I would probably spend my time building and growing my own websites and business assets, even if that took a lot longer to get a return because, you know, sometimes client work, especially when you're first starting and and you're, you're charging smaller amounts than what say, I would charge now. It can be a lot easier to just get that client working that easy money. But I would stave that off, stave that temptation to do that. And I would focus solely on building business assets that almost like buying property. So I've got that there, you know, that can that that I can grow and build into something I'm proud of and really really lucrative as well at the same time as as long as i do it the right way and, and put enough effort into it so yeah uh i'd still learn how to program most definitely i think that's an invaluable skill that has helped me tremendously in marketing and but yeah i mean i'd I, definitely i would i would grow my own business assets definitely without a shadow of doubt if i'd have done that from day dot i'd probably be a millionaire now <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's the, that's a feeling. Everybody who's been doing client work for for five years or ten years, they always tell you the same thing: client work. If I could get rid of it, you know, replace it, that'd be better. And <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I, I mean, to get me... yeah. Go ahead. No, go on. Go on. Uh, so, sorry. So I was I was saying uh, like I've done it the, uh, kind of the opposite way. Started with my own websites. Um, you know, a few of them got hit, you know, tried to start other websites, took longer for them to kind of be profitable. And I went into client work, but I've tried to do it through an agency perspective, not as a freelancer. I didn't, but that's proven to be, it has proven to be a little bit harder than, than, than before. So yeah, I do agree with you in the client work, you know, aspect. Yeah. I mean, I don't, don't get me wrong. 
I don't hate my clients and I don't, it's not like, and I'd love the work I do, but while I'm spending all of this time on my client sites, getting them results, growing their revenue, as I know I'm getting paid well for it, but I'm not growing my own assets and I'm not growing my own revenue, my own businesses. I am to a certain extent in terms of as a freelancer, this is a business, of course it is, but I want to have sustainable assets online that just keep on bringing me money when I sleep. That's what, I, that's the that's the golden goose, really. And I've got the skill there, I've got the experience, and I know I can do it. So it's just getting down and doing it. Do you have a word for people who um, keep saying things like, there's competition, competition, competition in niche websites, and then there's your world, or in the paid traffic world. What do you? What would you say to somebody who's skeptic about starting a business based on the fact that oh, there's too much competition? Suck it up and get started. There's too there's too much competition in every industry. Whatever business you're in, if you're in, if you're in client SEO, there's competition. If you're selling fruit and veg, there's competition. If you're selling trainers, there's competition. No matter what industry you're in, unless you can somehow somehow subvert and disrupt with some pirate marketing or you've got some super new product that you've developed in Silicon Valley, then you know you are going into markets where there's competition. Just get over it. In fact, the more competition, the better. As long as it's a lucrative market and the demand is there, you can carve out a piece of that pie for yourself, especially if you do things differently. If you look at the market and you choose a niche and you think, wow, that's got a lot of competition there, that's a good thing. It means there's lots of products, there's lots of affiliate opportunities, there's lots of scope to grow. Now, if you look at your competition and you see that the competition is really poor at what they do or the content's rubbish, or the site's rubbish, or the UX, or the experience rubbish, and you can do it better. Well, there's your niche there. This is how you can be different. That's your unique selling point. So you can carve that piece of the pie for yourself. So don't be scared of competition. It's like in sales. I do a lot of, get a lot of affiliate commissions by driving sales to other companies, for example, ad agencies and stuff, because I don't do a lot in paid ads. I do my own paid ads, but I don't do it as a service. So I drive clients that way. Now, some of the services that I drive clients to are very expensive. Now, a lot of people are scared of the price. And I've had people, when I've tried to bring them on board as part of my team, oh, I don't think people are going to pay that. The people I know wouldn't pay that. You know, the, the markets I've seen, they wouldn't pay that. But the thing is, they would. And there's always people out there who've got the money and the ability and the understanding that they need to invest and spend that money. So don't ever be scared of the price. And it's the same with competition. Don't be scared of the competition. I love it if I see a niche and there's competition in there. I don't know. I don't. I don't understand the mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, uh, I always like talk to my like followers and audience when they whenever they ask. I always tell them that. As, as just as you said when there's competition that means there's money in it there's there's business going around so you know just just go go with an angle with your own angle and there's really nothing you're gonna you're not gonna have anything to worry about yeah exactly if you start if you're following the crowd and you're copying everything your competition are doing and you're constantly catching up to them they do something new you go oh, look at that i'll do that 
if you're doing that, then you're not going to make as much of an impact. But if you go, my thing is, is go at it with the viewpoint that you're going to produce the best quality assets you can and make sure you do your research properly make sure you understand the audience and you know what they want and it takes time it takes a lot of effort and that's where a lot of people fail they don't research enough they don't understand their audience they don't understand who they're targeting where they hang out what they like what they don't like and it's key and if you go in at that angle and you go in at the quality angle and bearing in mind this is coming from someone who does this for clients but has never done it not never but has never done it at the scale i'm gonna be doing it over the next year it's to me it seems obvious so perhaps i'm living in cloud cuckoo land but don't be scared of competition competition's a good thing exactly all right so my next question is also a little bit of a fun question it's uh, anybody loves quick wins especially mm-hmm. when they're just starting out do you have any tips on how to get a quick win, especially in the SEO niche websites world? A quick win in SEO and niche websites. Well, one of the one of the things I'm a big evangelist of is content promotion, and it's one of the things that I think a lot of SEOs and marketers forget about, or they don't put enough effort into it. So, for example, you create an asset online. You've got a content asset there, whether it's a you know a long form post or whatever it may be, and you'll throw it out on Twitter or LinkedIn or Facebook a couple of times, and then you'll move on. I think that's personally a bad move, and you can end up driving thousands and thousands of relevant targeted visitors to your site fairly easily using automation and tools or just little tricks and tips and tricks, um, and you should be consistently promoting your content um, that's how it gets exposure to the right audience and then eventually you start getting those natural links etc so i'm a big evangelist of content promotion so a quick win i've been heavily working with linkedin over the past sort of two years really delved deeply into it so much so that i built a custom chrome extension called li tools it's on the chrome store and if you've got a sales navigator account you can log into Sales Navigator, use their sales tool to highly target via searches and filters your ideal audience. And then you can use LI tools to send customized, personalized messages and connection requests to that audience on autopilot. So you can literally set it running. And then just get on with your day. So you can send like a thousand, two thousand, three thousand messages a day. So if you can imagine your target and SEOs, for example, you're working in the marketing industry, you're in the marketing niche, you've got a marketing website, you just created a new post. It's the next thing since it's the best thing since sliced bread. And you want to get it out there, you then target down to all the SEOs on LinkedIn. You then run the extension, introduce yourself on the connection requests, and just drop say love to connect in the seo industry ps check out my latest post and then for those who you're already connected with send them a, a personalized message tell them about the post and how you'd like to get their feedback on it whack the link in send the automated messages literally over a period of two three days you can drive tens of thousands of visits to your site 
Um, so that's is the sorry to interrupt. Is the tool paid or is it free? It's a paid tool. It's ten dollars a month. Um, but give me get in contact with me and I'll I'll sort something out for for the guys who want to use it. Sure, but yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 inexpensive. So so I mean, and it's well it's well worth it. So using that combination of sales navigator, that tool, and my tool's not the only one out there. There's other tools available as well. It's just mine. I tried the other tools, and while they're good, I wanted something that was simple and straightforward and a nice interface that was just easy to send things off. Things like linked helper, etc. It's just overly complex. It's not very nice UX. And it does a million and one other things, whereas I just wanted this messaging tool. So that's why I created it. And it's um, it, honestly, it can drive thousands upon thousands of targeted visitors to your site literally within, you know, within, a, a say, half an hour of sending a few, a few messages. You've got hundreds of people hitting your site and they're targeted as well because LinkedIn's got that data to filter via the sales navigator tool. So it's well worth it. Works particularly well in B2B. But again, there is industries on there that you wouldn't usually consider being the type of industry people on LinkedIn, but they are there. But, you know, do your research first. Nice. Um, just a quick question about the tool. Um, you, there are no risks uh, to, like, to, to your account uh, because I've heard a few uh, tools that what people used and they kind of went crazy and then they had their accounts kind of... Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's always risks, okay? So you're not allowed to do automation on LinkedIn. That's the first thing. It's against the TOS. Mm -hmm. So use at your own risk, of course. Be sensible. Don't go crazy and send, you know, 50,000 messages in a day. That would be insane. You know, use it sensibly. Start off slow. Send, you know, 150 the first day. You know, build it up so LinkedIn gets used to your your frequency but also make sure i mean my tool doesn't work without sales navigator navigator but make sure you've got a paid account before you do any sort of automation it tends to be that if you're automating on a free account they'll catch you and suspend you or even ban you but if you've got a paid account they seem to be a lot more lenient the difference with most of the tools that are out there at the moment is they modify the DOM, which is the doc document object model. So they modify the page itself and they leave traces and LinkedIn can detect that. There's actually a list online. I'll try and get the link for the show notes. And there's a list online that shows you all the tools that can get you banned. My what my tool isn't one of them. And the reason being is it doesn't it doesn't modify the DOM and it doesn't leave any trace. So for all intents and purposes, as long as you've got the interval between messages right and you're not going crazy with them, you can, it, it looks natural. Exactly. I use everything in moderation. That's, that's my, yeah, yeah, that's my model. All right. So definitely, yeah. Uh, to ramp up our conversation, what is one crucial information or piece of advice that you'd like to share with our audience? Okay. So, well, I think the uh, test, 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 measure and repeat. That's like key in marketing. I know we mentioned earlier about the human side of things and, and data and all the rest of it, but you've got to always be testing things. You've got to be measuring that and you've got to then keep repeating that process. It's the only way to learn things. It's the only way to know what does and doesn't work. So in marketing, you should always be testing and gathering data. So important. 
So secondly, I'd probably say go back to the earlier question about the magic wand and start growing and investing in your own businesses and assets now. Even if it seems futile, keep at it. And if you have to, pivot, change about if needs be, but keep trying to build these assets. Even if you're doing some client work on the side, but focus your time into building these assets. I promise you, if you do that from now, in a year's time, two years' time, if you do it properly, you'd be happily living on almost a passive income with no clients on your back. <laughs> that's <the> so <laughs> that's 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 the dream. And honestly, it's attainable. The people I've been speaking to and connecting to and, and meeting at events, it's certainly attainable. You've just got to be consistent, you just gotta maintain it, and you just gotta keep at it. And obviously, as we said before, carve out your own piece of the pie carve out your own little segments of the market by being a little bit different, doing things a little bit differently, approach things from a quality perspective. Um, and also definitely, definitely, definitely have your own sort of hub sites or your own hub site and start building your email list because although social media is brilliant and chatbots are great and all these platforms are excellent and automation's cool, you don't own these platforms. And as we've seen with like, changes of terms and conditions and functionality in Facebook to constantly change stuff they can literally pull the rug from under you so don't build your business on someone else's backyard you need to have your own sign you need to start building your email list they're probably the biggest piece of advice I could give people um, obviously still use social and all these different platforms but funnel these people into your into your own webosphere exactly. so to speak. That's, that's why email email is, is very important yes killer killer if you're not building an email list start because if all else fails and you need to feed the family if you've got a neat decent email list that you've done well by and, and respond well then you can always make money exactly well, thank you, Gareth. Um, can you let our audience know where how they can find you if they like to learn from more from you? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so you can go to my site, garethdane.com, and you can just sign up to my list there, or you can find me on Facebook. Um, I'd like to tell people a little bit about the new project I'm doing, which is Niche Affiliate Empires, and they can find that at, I'll obviously give you the link, but it's bit.ly forward slash niche hyphen affiliate hyphen empires. And that's all about me charting my journey over this next year, building niche authority sites from scratch using SEO to hit my huge, massive goal. You ready? Dun, 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 of $100,000 monthly recurring revenue. So that's a huge, massive goal that I want to hit. And will I hit it? Who knows? To find out, you'll have to follow me in the journey. Um, and even if I don't hit it, even if I only hit 10, 20% of that, it'll be well worth it. And the learning along the way will be tremendous. Uh, it's going to be damn fun. Can we can we know how many websites we're going to be building out? Or do one or yeah, so initially I'm going to be building one initially. And I'm going to probably focus about six, maybe eight months on that. I'm, I'm hoping for six. And then I want to I wanna get that to a point where it's earning five to 10K. And I've got the processes down, the standard operating procedures. I know what I'm doing. I know what I need to do. I know what I need to do to grow a site. And then at that point, I'm just going to reinvest and scale up. So I'm going to 
you know, maybe build 10, 15, 20 more sites in different niches or the same niche or sub-niches of, of a niche. And hopefully by the year's time, I'll have hit that goal of $100,000 monthly recurring revenue. If not, I will minimum be earning 20K a month from those sites. That's, that's, that's an ambitious goal, and I'm pretty sure it's attainable. I hope so. I hope so. I think it's attainable. I think it's attainable. Things are done right, and I'm methodical. And the key is doing the research properly. That's the most difficult part. It's the most laborious part. It's the most boring part of it. And it's the part that most people skip. So do your research. Understand the niche properly. Understand the people in it. Understand the products there. Understand the relationships you can build. Understand the scope and how much you can grow. And I think getting that right at the beginning is crucial to the success of any authority site. Well, thank you, Gareth, for for your time. I think we've we've learned a lot from you, and and it's been an honor having you on on the show. Thank you. I hope so. I hope hope the listeners have. So, <laughs> thank you for for inviting me. It's been fun.